in perhaps the least surprising move, the Marlins and Peter Bendix, the first trade is executed with the Tampa Bay Rays. Vidal Bruhan is in and looks very intriguing. We're going to talk about that trade, plus some of the other roster moves on today's Locked on Marlins. You are Locked on Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England. Welcome to Locked On Marlins. It's your daily Marlins podcast. I am your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up, of course, on X at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the pod. It is your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. There is a YouTube channel, of course. Make sure you head on over there. Hit subscribe there also. And get into the comments. Absolutely get into those comments. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, and you can make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Delighted to welcome back on Wednesday, the 22nd of November. The UK GOAT is back in the house and here to celebrate a happy birthday to me. So happy birthday to me and welcome back, Sean. How are we doing? Yeah, after two, after two weeks without an episode, I'm back into. In two days, so uh, there we go. Good bang, to join bang. You, Pete, but especially on your birthday, mate. Happy birthday! Um, 40, but look 30. I don't know how you do it. Whereas I look <laughs> 50, and I'm not even 40 yet myself, so uh, not at all jealous. Um, but all the best, mate. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. And uh, what better way to start the birthday celebrations and talking about Marlins baseball and talking about Marlins baseball and the Peter Bendix era truly arrived. Over the weekend, mate. The first trade. Actually, there was the first, I think, free agent signing as well. I, I believe this is the case. But for certain, his first trade has been executed. It was executed on Friday in and around the, the non-tender deadline. You know, the Rays and the Marlins last couple of seasons have made some deals because you know, fundamentally the Rays have got a lot of talent. Uh, they cycle their rosters pretty vigorously. And so this type of opportunity will arise um, so we end up, the Marlins drop a trade, and they acquire two guys, Vidal Bruhan and Calvin Fauché. And we're not 100% sure on that pronunciation, but we're going to run with it. Um, and for me, um, Bruhan, obviously, the, the kind of headline name um, that people know about, primarily because of his prospect status from before, mate. So, Sean, when you saw this one drop, um, were you surprised that a, a player of kind of Bruhan's caliber... Um, albeit major league performance thus far has been subpar, but the caliber, the prospect status has been lofty. So for the Marlins to get someone like this on the relative cheap, felt like a bit of a dub. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's proof that his uh, prospect shine has definitely worn off, that, mm. that the Marlins can, can acquire him for, as you said, a, a pitcher that num- whose numbers really don't look that appealing and a 17 year old who admittedly had apparently been playing well in the DSL um, oh but, but even yeah in 10 years time we might rue this conversation <laughs> um, but, but it's again, on the record mate so it, it is now everything lasts forever but no Bruhan is a is a, a former top prospect and um, we spoke yesterday about Hampson and how 
he had that sort of depth in positions. And and if at worst, Ruhan can kind of take that role in, obviously at a lower financial figure as well. And and basically anything that he does for the Marlins is going to be pretty much gravy, depending on mm. how that 17-year-old goes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting, but it's I think it's proof that this is maybe not as big of a deal as it would have been previously a few years nope. ago. Um, but, you know, all young players are always just an adjustment away, aren't they? Um, and obviously, Bendix has experience with him, knows him as a player, um, as an individual. So maybe he sees something more than, than other people at the race do. So time will tell. But yeah, it's definitely something that'll be interesting, especially when we get into spring training, isn't it? That's going to be a name that's going to be on everyone's lips. It's going to be something that we're going to be able to pay attention to. And yeah, if he gets off to a hot spring, then all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the articles start to write themselves, don't they? Yeah, they do. We'll talk about what he's done thus far at the big league level shortly, but from a defensive perspective, like the bat hasn't come around thus far in the big league level, as I mentioned. From a defensive perspective, though, where's his best position? If we think about, you know, he's played multiple positions, but where do we think his actual best position could and should be? I mean, it's, it's, realistically, it's going to be up in the middle of the infield, isn't it? It's going to be shortstop, second base. And you know his his value there is 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 even more so now without that sort of um, shift being in the game as well. So mm. I think that'll be interesting to see where where the Marlins player Moshi Rice is pretty much plugged in at second base. The Marlins we know have a shortstop gap, but I think realistically for Bruhan, if he's if he's pegged in as a starting player in the starting nine to begin the season, the off season has probably not gone well. I think he is still going to be very much that depth guy. Um, maybe even a guy that starts off in, in the minors and, and, and go from there. So it'll be interesting. Obviously, he's a he's an almost zero cost acquisition. So I think the yeah. Marlins can the Marlins can see how he goes to begin with, um, either at the minors or in the bench role. And and he's got a point to prove, hasn't he? He's gonna have a chip on his shoulder now. The team that drafted him high, that that had him in their system for years has given up on it. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's going to, he's going to be coming into spring and hopefully in the best shape of his life and all those kind of cliches. Um, and go. yeah, with, with a point to prove. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Yeah. Well, I just on, on that topic, by the way, I believe he's out of minor league options. And so that's probably half the battle for the Rays, where like he's out of option years. So the Marlins making this move is them committing to him being on the roster. Um, it's in effect, in some ways, like a Rule 5 selection, to be honest with you, where you have to carry them. And um, clearly, obviously, they can decide to DFA him and you know outright him, I guess, at some point if he passes through waivers, etc. But this this is a signal of intent that like they're trading for him to, to make the roster, which I think is the reason why Garrett Hampson ends up being non-tendered, where you're thinking, okay, we're going to bring in Bruhan, maybe the ceiling's higher. Than, than Hampson's potentially. But, you know, Sean, when, when we look at, like, the big league stats anyway thus far, um, you know, the headline for me is you, you rock on to, you know, I'm on baseball reference anyway, and you rock onto there and you see his career, uh, career OPS plus is at 27 in nearly 250 at-bats. So what? That's half a, give or take half a season at the big league level, I guess. 
with an OPS plus of 27. These numbers, when I looked at them, gave me very Marlins rebuild vibes, to be honest with you. Um, so I think it's fair to say for Bruhan, offensively anyway, the only way is up. Like, it can't get any worse than this. So I'm very intrigued to see whether they can make any adjustments. And obviously, you know, the Marlins have got a new hitting coach to go and find as well. So that's another adjustment the Marlins will need to make. Um, but, I mean, the numbers themselves, Sean, there's little to be encouraged about. But is there anything in there that you can spot that encourages you at all that maybe he's been unlucky? Is there Babip? Is there reverse Babip woes? Is something going on here with this dude? I mean, the, it's a small sample size. So we'll add that one in as well. I can't just use Babbitt. But yeah, the Babbitt's low. But the, the one thing that does give me pause is if you look at the years where he was a major leaguer, so 2021, 2022, 2023, his years in the minors specifically, well, only at AAA in those years, have all been good. So the WRC Plus was over 100. Um, so that's that's a positive. So it's a positive that he played well in the minors but then struggled in, in, in the majors. Gives you a bit of hope that maybe he's just an adjustment away. It's not like he was going down and then struggling in the minors as well. But also it gives me pause for concern because is he just a quad A player? Is he the player that can rake in the minors and then does nothing in the majors? We as Marlin fans have seen plenty of that during the rebuild. Oh, baby. Um, but yeah, it's, it is a case that he's he's got the skills, the speed is there. He's got a little bit of pop for a middle infielder, but not a lot. The speed for me is is his main attribute that could actually be delivered on at the major league level. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think it is a case of he needs to try and work on on his approach, obviously. But the walks were high and the Ks were low in the minors at AAA, and then they completely reverse the the walks plummet and the strikeouts start to grow. So I think it is a it is a level of. He needs to develop a little bit more. He's not making those adjustments. Something's happening at the major league. Obviously, the better pitchers are there, obviously, but yeah. he is—he's—he's got a lot of talent, and it is a case of he's just needs more. Probably needs more opportunities at the major league level. You know, mm. test him, test him for longer. The the Rays obviously are always competing, so at a certain point they can only put him out so often. The Marlins, yep. as we saw in the rebuild with your man Lewis Princeton specifically. They had at bats for days for him to try and prove him his worth, which mm. ultimately he never did. Maybe this year is a good opportunity for Bruhan to, to go out there, get 250, 300 at bats at the mm. major league level, and, and see if he can hang. And if he can't, then then the Marlins have lost a 17 year old from the Dominican League, which hopefully, <laughs> as we said, doesn't come back to haunt us. Absolutely. I'm um, going to continue this conversation as well because there's a second part of this trade. Equally, uh, the Marlins have signed a an X-ray as well. So, you know, the connection is strong. They've also added Victor Mesa Jr. to the, the 40-man. So plenty to talk about here in terms of roster moves. But before we do that, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Yes, sir. And you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet, that's 150 bucks. If your team wins, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, has a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
All right, guys, you're back here with me, Peter Pratt, and the UK coach, Sean Barrett, on Wednesday, the 22nd of November. We are talking trades, we are talking roster moves, and free agent signings. Tons of action. Many of it is happening with names that we've not really known before. Nevertheless, we've got you covered here on Locked On Marlins, digging into everything. Uh, Bruhan, the centerpiece, I think, of this deal. Um, they did add a pitcher, a right-handed pitcher, in Calvin Fauchet. Uh, again, pronunciation to be confirmed on that one, but that's what we're rolling with for now. It rolls off the tongue, so we're going to go with it. Um, Sean, when I saw this guy's headline numbers, I was um, not that impressed, uh, similar to Bruhan. But again, with Fauchier, is there any standout trait, skill, historical stat that we can get excited about here with this one? So the stats, not particularly, unfortunately. And, and as you no. said, with, with the name, I think we'll go with Fauché just to stay away from any FCC violations, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but the, one, the one thing that did uh, sort of scream out to me was uh, a couple of references to his, his pitch makeup and that he's got a curveball with incredible spin rate. So that okay. would be a pitch that, for me at least, will be interesting to see in, in spring and see how you know that movement happens and and also he doesn't throw a changeup, which will be interesting because mm. as we know the Marlins it'd be interesting to see yeah. if the Marlins can not only develop a changeup but completely invent one for a guy. So it'd be interesting to see again in spring if he's, if he's thrown out a changeup here there here there. Um, but yeah, ultimately this is a an ultimate throw in, isn't it? Um, yeah. He is he is an arm for hire, and as we've talked about since the dawn of time, you can never have enough arms. So we'll, it'll be interesting. But yeah, this is definitely um, just a throw in that you know you never know, do you? Hopefully, Bendix has a better idea than than we do about baseball and scouting. <laughs> so I'm sure he had a trick up his sleeve. Yeah, I I'm not convinced that this is going to be the. Um you know, on the Peter Bendix Hall of Fame, I think when all said and done, I think to your point, a throw in a filler, let's see, you never know, like we may need someone like this, um, feels the most likely. Um, but the one positive thing is it has, you know, expanded my pronunciation knowledge as well. So that has definitely helped being a byproduct of this, this trade, which is good. Okay, so let's talk about a signing they made in Tristan Gray. Sean, I must say this guy has caught my eye. When you talk about stats, minor league stats, this guy in particular, you know, it's, it remains to be seen what can be delivered at the big league level. But in Tristan Gray, uh, who was uh, DFA'd or waived, however you want to phrase it, um, recently elected free agency, the Marlins end up signing him on a minor league deal, we have to say. Um, for me, this profile is very intriguing. Um, and this was before they moved, made the move for Bruhan, which we assume is going to be playing some shortstop as well. Gray has spent a plenty of time at shortstop, but also some time at third base recently too. And it's fair to say, like, if, you know, we don't really know the future of Jake Berger. Yeah, he was playing at third base, but a lot of people see Berger maybe sliding, you know, into a DH role or something else. So I do wonder what Tristan Gray, what opportunity may come for him, uh, if any, to be honest with you. So. What should we expect out of Tristan Gray here, Sean? I want to be positive and say a lot of home runs. Please. Um, Please. I could also be negative and say a lot of strikeouts. Um, he is, yeah, he's he's a he's a prototypical power bat, isn't he? He's going to give you a lot of pop. So 63 home runs in the last two years at a AAA level, but 
that comes mm. with a nine on thirty two percent strikeout rate. So yeah, a lot of excitement. It's going to be you know, a, yeah. lot, a lot of uh, home runs, a lot of strikeouts, um, and it's about balancing that act, isn't it? You can get away with high strikeouts if you've got a lot of power, but it's a very fickle um, place to be, isn't it? All of a sudden, a couple of weeks without a home run, continuing to strike out five, ten times a week just doesn't yeah. work out. So, yeah, an interesting bat in the sense of, of, of a guy with power that, you know, he's, he's not young. He's going to be 28 coming into the season. So um, mm. another another guy that is a bit of a, a lottery ticket, but again, as a minor league contract, that really yeah. is a is a zero price paid. So um, I think he'll get every opportunity in spring. And, and for us as, as Marlins fans to see that pop will be certainly exciting. Um, and yeah, if, if he does deliver anything, it's literally money for nothing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, you got to look at the, the minor league production. I know the age and whatever, but, you know, it's the numbers are there from a power perspective. The numbers are there equally from a strikeout perspective, as you've called out, Sean. And so, you know, the give and take, I guess, um, he looks the part anyway. And equally with, the, you know, actually made his debut with the Rays uh this season uh five at bats including a home run so you know he's he's currently got a 272 ops plus so you know the only way is down for him <laughs> i guess with bruhan it's up and then it's down for tristan gray but again this is this isn't a shocker for me just kind of taking a step back here sean like peter bendix you know three guys have been added to this roster. Two of them, the 40 man, one of them uh, as a minor league guy, but you know, three guys straight into the Marlins organization, all from the Rays organization. I mean, this is not a surprise, right? This is, I expected this to happen. Uh, I don't know how often it will be happening, but you know, with Peter Bendix, his knowledge, he's going to be, he's going to have a bias, right? To the, to the Rays and equally there's information that he knows that others don't. And so that's kind of the opportunity for him and for the Marlins to kind of make some deals with some some superior knowledge, perhaps. So I don't know. I mean, I'm interested to see him really, you know, get outside of this Rays Marlins connection. But right now, I mean, I've got no problem with it, to be honest with you. But the the old saying used to be, though, Sean, you, you shouldn't trade with the Rays, and the Marlins have already done that once. So uh, I don't know if we should be worried or or excited. I don't know. Where's your where's your head on that one? Yeah, it's a really interesting situation, isn't it? Where, mm-hmm. as you said, like whenever you trade with the the Rays, like we're we're worried right now about this seventeen year old kid that we've just traded because, like, obviously the Rays must know something that we don't. Exactly. Uh, but for for the Rays to be able to pick talent from seemingly nowhere, and sometimes you you question quite how they manage it. Now you've got Bendix taking players from the Rays, and it's a question of like, well, what does he know that they don't? Even they don't know. Um, or that, or that it might just be that the, the Rays castoffs are actually significantly better than what the Marlins have mm-hmm. at their depth. Um, but yeah, no, it makes sense that he's going to take players from from an area that he knows he's going to have a deep scouting knowledge of all of them. And yeah, they might all be in some way or shape or form damaged goods for the Rays that they're willing to to let them go. But that doesn't mean that there isn't you know there isn't talent there. There isn't ability that he, that hopefully the, the Marlins can squeeze out um, and, and get some value from. Because as we said, it, it, they've brought in these three players and all of them have, have pretty much cost nothing. So 
hopefully yeah. it is a case that there is something there and the Marlins, yeah, the Marlins are going to give them either a development opportunity or just give them time, as I said, with, with Bruhan. Give him yeah. major league at bats. See if mm. what he's done in the in the minors translates. With Gray, with you see the power in the minors. Maybe that does translate to the majors. Obviously, the K rate concerns me because thirty percent at the major at the minor league usually translates to 45, 50 at the, mm. at the major leagues. Um, but that's, yeah, that's Monte Harrison territory then. Which is exactly which is a very good comp. Not not for the power, but for the fact that Monte could do it in minors and then came up to the majors and couldn't. So, um, but yeah, it's these players that have one significant talent, one significant ability. Sometimes that can be enough to carry you to, yeah. to some value at the major league level. Yeah, we'll see. It feels like the Marlins need a few power guys in reserve, in my opinion. Like they, there's there's a need there, and so I could see Tristan Gray getting some opportunity as well. To be honest with you. Another guy who may be getting or closer to getting an opportunity, Victor Mesa Jr. He was added to the 40-man, protecting him from the uh, Rule 5 draft. Um, Anthony Maldonado was also protected, which I think was the right call based on his production at, at AAA. But Victor Mesa Jr., this story, this is, you know, kind of lingers back to the Derek Jeter, you know, start of Derek Jeter's term, really. Um, but Victor Mesa Jr., it, it feels like he's been trending in the right direction for some time and has been making some you know, pretty impressive stride. So I guess from where we're at now with Victor Mesa Jr., he's on the 40, man. You know, at this point, he's he's in touching distance of, of you know, his, his call-up to the big leagues at some point. I guess, you know, anything happens with Jazz Chisholm Jr. at any point, Victor Mesa Jr. is, from what I'm seeing here, is probably next man up, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm going to be playing some center field maybe for the Marlins. I mean, Peyton Burdick is also on the 40, man still. I'm a little bit uncertain about Peyton Burdick's future, frankly. I could see him being moved on this offseason. Avisel Garcia equally needs to be cleared, you would assume. But yeah, where's your head at with Victor Mesa Jr.? And uh, how hopeful are you that, that you know these these tools can translate to the big league level here? Yeah, I mean, I was a little bit surprised. Obviously, 21 at double A. Like, I mean, the Wilds obviously feel that he was either at risk of being drafted in the Rule 5 or or they just couldn't mm. risk it at, in any shape or form, that, that they trust this guy enough that they're willing to do this a year early, maybe. You know, show yeah. good power, good speed at the AA level. Defensively, you're right. He's a, he's a legitimate centre fielder. Um, mm. Whether or not I'd consider him next man up or whether it's just good depth or it's a, it's a, a nod to the future. Adding him mm. to the 40-man one year early doesn't really cost you too much. It costs you that option year if you bring him up, but yeah. if you don't, then you've not really cost yourself anything. And if he's a player for the future, doing it a year early doesn't concern me. So, mm. yeah, I think it's it's a good move in the sense of they if they left him into the draft and lost him, we'd then be spending the whole podcast probably berating them. Why didn't they protect him? If obviously a team are willing to put him on them into their 26 man roster, so yeah, yeah, it yeah. is a case of there's enough talent there that you can project a few years, um, and say that this guy is probably going to be a a major, major league starter at least, especially if he can defend the center field uh position at a good lick, anyway. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the power was encouraging, the speed's there, like the profile looks good, profile looks good for Victor Mesa. To your point, like it feels like. You know, he's draft, you know, he's added to the 40 man probably a year, you know, too soon, but maybe no risks, particularly if they like really like highly value him. I mean, you, 
you just don't know how each club thinks about its players and etc. But maybe the Marlins are really high on him at this point and thinking, you know, let's take no risks. We've seen how tricky it can be to fill that center field void. Um, and so, you know, it's one of those, we'll, we'll add him now. Okay, you may have to use two minor league option years on him along the way to kind of, you know, help him get to the, the right position. The guy I have forgot as well when I was talking earlier, like Dane Myers clearly had some time at center field. So there probably are one or two guys that are ahead of him in the pecking order. But like I said, I can see some roster churn happening here, to be honest with you. Like I said, I think I think Burdick's time with the Marlins is going to come to an end this offseason, to be honest with you, um, with no sources attached to that. It's just a gut feel. Um, so, you know, Victor Mesa Jr., one hell of a year in double A. And I, you know, he he deserves to be added it to, to the 40 man. He's definitely trending the right direction. But it felt like the Marlins were in some ways being overcautious. But I feel that's probably seated in them really valuing him. And so he's going to be one really interesting guy to to, to look at into 2024 and his minor league year that, that he goes into. I don't know what level you assume maybe he'd step up to triple A, I guess, for you know, for Victor Mesa starting the season, right? Maybe start in double A, move up to triple A. Obviously, double A typically is the the stronger league, mm. um, especially with pitching, because that's where you that's where you leave your your top top guys that then move up to to the majors. Yeah. Um, normally, triple A is left with sort of like your depth guys, your guys that are a bit older, um, that are your next men up. Um, right. So it's 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 a it's a it's a delicate situation, but yeah, double A for sure. I'd I'd imagine start and then move up to triple A. Mm. Um, for just give him some experience with some ex- more experienced guys, some older guys. They might not be the top prospects, but they're older guys, a bit more savvy before coming up to the major league level. Yeah. What was your take on um, on Troy Johnson not being added to the 40 man, uh, considering his his AAA campaign equally, you know, uh, there's some potential opportunity at first base, it seems, obviously, with Yuli Gurriel obviously moving on. Josh Bell opting in, but Troy Johnston, it feels like he's got nothing left to prove. Um, and perhaps, you know, he looks like he could get an opportunity, is my sense, is that, you know, from a Rule 5 perspective, he's one of the most likely players, I think, that could be taken just because of age, production, and he's kind of ready. Um, so for for more of a rebuilding club, like, why not, I guess? So surprised on him at all or is it you know are we just overvaluing him as as a Marlins fan yeah, I mean ultimately like the guy did everything he could, could do to get a call up um and the fact that mm. he didn't get a call up I think surprised a lot of people um I, mm. I remember hearing his name left right and center as to why isn't he getting an yeah. opportunity yeah um so yeah I, I don't know what the Marlins didn't see um in him um oh she's he's not gone yet he, it's not necessarily the case that he's gonna get um taken but yeah wouldn't it certainly wouldn't surprise i'd be more surprised if he wasn't taken than than is you know than it went if he is taken because yeah, yeah the, the performance is there like the, the power is there the speed from the first baseman is a bit of a surprise and that's mm. something that he's delivering on yeah you, there's nothing in the stats that i can look at and go oh that'll be why they didn't want to keep him and as you yeah. said first base is is a bit of a, a question going into next year yeah um so and the year after that too right so yeah, it's a really, really difficult thing to try and explain, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. It it, it was a little bit head-scratching, but equally the fact that he didn't get a shot at all last year, you know, for me as an indicator, I 
I remember seeing the way that they that the Marlins managed the Lewin Diaz situation, and you kind of knew that they just they just weren't as high on him that maybe the, the fans were. And I feel I feel like we're in a similar spot with Troy Johnston that the club, the organization themselves don't value him as highly, maybe just as as, as we do as fans. But is what it is. Either way, the Marlins are you know they're off and running. They're making business. Peter Bendix has broke his his dock, his cherry. Um, first trade is in the books. No shocker, it was with the Rays. It would have been like short odds, odds on that it was going to be the Marlins and Rays would hook up for a deal, particularly in and around the non-tender um, situation. And they, you know, they may have, you know, they may have got a real value piece back here, particularly in Bruhan. Um, you know, the prospect status was lofty. You know, it's about giving him the opportunity and maybe a fresh start and um, seeing what the, the Marlins can do, which I think is going to be really intriguing. The Marlins definitely need a shortstop. I think Bruhan, particularly his arm, looks like it plays at short, no doubt. But, um, you know, the, the stick has to improve from its current its current guys anyway. So overall, you have to be encouraged with some of the, the business they've done thus far, albeit like relatively minor moves, low-cost moves that Sean's called out. Um, so we're encouraged, but... You then have to start thinking about okay, if they're not investing in catcher and maybe they've got about seven shortstops to choose from, then where are the Marlins going to look to upgrade this offseason? I think that's going to be the question that's in our minds. Soler, the DH spot, is that somewhere? Are they going to do something and start in pitching to try to replace Sandy? Is that where they're going to invest their resources? There's many ways they can go about this, Sean, but I'm I'm still not quite seeing the puzzle coming together just yet in terms of what the plan is going to be. Um, if you feel they were going to invest heavily into one spot, what spot do you think that would be? You say invest heavily like they're going to invest heavily. The 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 current estimated payroll isn't that far away from last year's payroll. No. Um, there's not a lot of money to spend and there's not a lot of prospect capital. She's just pitching there, just pitching depth. Yeah. Um, but I'm not. I'm not going to be holding my breath waiting for this this big seismic free agent move, um, or to a certain degree the trade either. I think no. they are going to nickel and dime their way through this off season. Mm-hmm. Um, give Bendix an opportunity to a review the the team. I think he'll have a very strong idea of of what he's got in the organization. But you can only certain you can only know so much about one of the twenty nine other teams. It, yeah, he, he needs a time in the in the organization and i think this year is a good opportunity i don't think this is a a competitive year for the team mm. um, i think there will be i think you're right with the way you spoke the other day about the catching situation they're going to take a scattergun situation where they're just going to take seven or eight misshapen toys and see if they can fix one up into an actual real player um that is the that is the raise way that is the, it is. the way that i think the marlins will start to operate and then it'll be a case of draft and develop um yeah. it doesn't sound very exciting having only just got really through a rebuild but mm. i think that is certainly uh, where the minds are at the moment it's not quite ready to press that button but mm-hmm. i think it is a case of retool in 24 mm-hmm. and then you've got a very short 25 26 window that you can extend with money if Bruce is willing or slash able. Perfect summary, I'd say, Sean Barrett. Good way to finish it here as well. I think the the lasting statement I will give you guys, the strategy here, the raise way, it's 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 one that I I, I know and, uh, and 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 love and cherish myself, and it is the spray and pray technique. It has served me well 
in uh, in my 30s anyway. But that's another story for another day. Thanks for making Lockdown Marlins your first listen of the day, guys. Uh, and joining me and the UK GOAT, Sean Barrett, on Wednesday, the 22nd of November. We'll be back on Thursday. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to be talking about yet. So uh, we'll be talking about something that is very Thanksgiving-orientated. We'll be, we'll be talking about that, maybe talking about, I don't know, turkey recipes. We'll see. But nevertheless, we'll be back on Thursday for a Thanksgiving extravaganza. Maybe even get a guest in for that as well. We'll see. We'll look forward to seeing you then.